0: There are still people out there who say, which, okay, I was one of them five years ago, haha, medical marijuana. (laughs) I I did not understand. So I, I get how people don't sort of believe in it.
1: (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life where we explore ways to achieve those two goals and we invite our friends on to help us and today I'm very excited to be joined by Janet Physics. She talk about a multi-hatted person. She has been a cardiac rehab dietitian, a nutrition software salesperson, a dietitian for the US Senate, consultant at a luxury hotel, a food blogger, a radio podcaster and a cookbook author. But we're not going to talk to her about any of those things today, because uh, even though she spent over a decade creating recipes and educating families about healthy cooking and eating at Meal Makeover Moms and Janice Cooks, and was the recipient of the 2015 Media Excellence Award from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. She actually, four years ago, she started a new career and quite a sort of you know, cutting edge kind of trailblazer career in the field of holistic cannabis consulting, which is so cool. And I know we can incorporate that into our recipes as well, Janice. So I'm really excited. Thank you so much, Janice, for joining us today.
0: Sure. It's a great to be with you.
1: So tell me, what is it that prompted, this, you know, <laughs> pivot or 360 or how would we
0: call this career? change? Yeah. Well, if you had told me five years ago that this is what I would be doing, I would say, you're you're out of your mind. There's just no way this, you know, this was never anything that I could have anticipated. But four years ago, my dad had uh, some complications from a surgery, he was in his early eighties and it left him in severe pain. So they gave him the traditional pain medications which made him drowsy, groggy and severely constipated. So after a hospitalization for constipation, I said to his doctor, come on, isn't there anything else we can give him? And I knew that we had just passed the law in Massachusetts to approve medical marijuana. And I said to him, what about medical marijuana? Sort of hoping he'd say no because I didn't know anything about it. (laughs) And when his doctor said, I think that's a great idea, I thought, oh gosh, I guess now I really need to do some research. So I did. And I, the more I learned and read, the more I thought, are you kidding me? Why, why aren't doctors offering this as an option for pain and so many other conditions that I have since learned? So we got my dad certified, he, he, we got him a vape pen, a high CBD vape pen, came home, he took a puff, stood up, he said, wow. I said, are you okay, are you dizzy? And he said, I'm not in pain. And that day, I left my business of 15 years, doing recipe development and teaching families how to eat a healthy diet, and I went back to school to become a holistic cannabis practitioner. Wow! And that is—that's what—that's all I've done for four years. I started my business, Janibus Wellness. (laughs) I love the name. (laughs) (laughs) I counsel clients. I educate healthcare providers because that's the missing link. Because doctors, nurses, dietitians, we weren't trained in this. Yeah. Even now, only 15% of med schools teach about cannabinoid therapy. Wow. Now we sort of know why because it's federally illegal.
1: <laughs> okay
0: that, that could be yeah that, uh, <laughs> That's a small factor. Yeah, right. but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, this is it, this, this plant has been used medicinally for 5,000 years. And it was only made illegal in the 1930s, not because of science, not because of medicine. It was strictly political and racial reasons. That's why it was made illegal. And then fast forward to the 1970s, the Nixon administration just say no to drugs and cannabis is a, it's a gateway drug and it's going to harm our society. So they made it a schedule one substance, which says no medical value and a high potential for abuse, both of which are untrue. So there it remains, still in 2021, it is still a Schedule I substance federally. Now, 35 states have seen the light and they have approved medical cannabis and 15 states have approved adult use cannabis. So that's a good start, but we need to make it federally legal so that people everywhere have access to this to this medicine. Yeah.
1: So how does it work as far as in the body? I mean, what, wh- why is it so much more effective than like, you know, lots of Tylenol or something like that?
0: Well, we all in our bodies have what's called the endocannabinoid system. Who knew, right? It's I- even named after <laughs> cannabis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so we have this system that was discovered in the, eh, the 1980s and it's, it's a whole system of receptors from head to toe. We have receptors all over our body for cannabinoids. And then we have enzymes that make them and, and break them down. So you might say, well, why would we have receptors in our body for compounds that we, found, we find in the cannabis plant, right? That doesn't really make sense. Well, come to find out, we make cannabinoids on our own. So there are two that are the most well-studied. One is called anandamide. Everybody makes it. We're sitting here. We're both making it. If you make a lot of anandamide, your incidence of anxiety is much, much lower than someone who does not make a lot of anandamide. So it's, it's sort of like thyroid hormones, right? Some people have to take thyroid hormone because their body doesn't make enough. It's the same thing. If you don't make enough anandamide, and therefore your, your pain uh, is, is higher, your anxiety is higher. So if you introduce CBD, which is one of the cannabinoids in the plant, right, in the cannabis and hemp plant, what it does is it allows your body to retain more of this anandamide, thereby conferring pain reduction a decrease in anxiety. Many people find that it helps them sleep because it's neurocalming. So this is what we've learned over the past 30 years, which is amazing to me that 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 this is all new research. And yet there are still people out there who say, which, okay, I was one of them five years ago. Ha right, ha, right. medical marijuana. <laughs> I, I did not understand. So I I get how people don't sort of, believe in it, but I, I, this is what I tell people until you or someone that you love finds relief using this plant, you will not understand. It's like many things. And people say, oh, you know, people just want to get high. That is not true. People who are using this plant medicinally, they want pain relief. They might have fibromyalgia. They might have Crohn's disease, IBS, anxiety, depression, they are using this plant medicine to feel better and to get back to homeostasis, yes. which is the goal of the endocannabinoid system. The goal is homeostasis. So if you have a concussion or a traumatic brain injury, your body releases a lot of glutamate, which is this neuroexcitatory uh, neurotransmitter in your brain. Well, that can cause damage long-term and short-term. So when you take CBD, it increases your body's production of GABA, which is just a neuroinhibitory neurotransmitter. So if you increase your GABA, it decreases your glutamate and it prevents that long-term brain damage or it decreases it from a, a TBI concussion and a stroke. They find that if you give CBD immediately after a stroke, that it decreases the long-term effects. So the research out there is amazing. People say, "Oh, well, there's not enough, it's all anecdotal." That is not true. Go to my website, janabuswellness.com and you look and I've got hundreds of research articles that are listed there. Do we want more placebo-controlled, you know, randomized trials? Of course we do. But until we make this federally legal, it's really hard to do research.
1: Yeah. Wow. So you brought up strokes and of course, you know, this podcast is primarily all about me. So I have to tell you about my dad who, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, that's I do. That's that's podcast. Great. If it's your <laughs> podcast,
0: it is about you.
1: <laughs> we have to talk about what I'm interested in and hopefully somebody else is interested in it also. Yes. Um, yeah. My dad had a stroke a couple of years ago and he right now, I mean, he's, he's got, you know, left side numbness and, and uh, you know, can't, it is not is not wickedly mobile. Mm -hmm. And also right now he's having severe pain in his back, you know, most likely from just sitting so often, right? He can't even get up. He's got like a pinched nerve in his back and everything. And they give him an injection and it helped for like two days. And so I'm just wondering, you know, like you said, very selfishly, if you think that this is something that he would benefit from.
0: I think it is absolutely something that he could benefit from. And I tell all of my clients, This doesn't work for hundred percent of people for hundred percent of conditions, but I can tell you that there are many, 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 many clients that I work with who have life-changing relief from pain, anxiety, and all, all sorts of conditions. So, and I also tell people, it's not going to take a pain of 10 to a zero. It's just not going to do that. But there's research that shows clients in a, in a medical cannabis clinic had a pain on average of eight, And at the end of a couple of months, their pain on average was a four. Wow. Now four, you can live with Yeah. eight is really, really hard. Yeah. So, you know, and there are different ways that you can, that you can use CBD and cannabis. I I deal mostly with CBD with my clients. Some of my clients are truck drivers and they don't, they're, they don't want to have a positive drug test. So mostly CBD, but it's, it's broad spectrum CBD. So it's not a CBD isolate, which is not a it's not nearly as effective and it's a lot cheaper to make just to pull up the CBD molecule. But what you want is the whole plant, right? Because we have over a hundred cannabinoids in the plant, over hundred terpenes, which give the plant the smell. So if you think of lavender and you smell lavender and it's calming, that's due to the terpene called linalool. Well, guess what? Hemp and cannabis also contain linalool. So that's the beauty of the plant is that all these different compounds work together synergistically. And there are different ways that you can take it. You can put a tincture under your tongue. You can, I have a water soluble tincture that people put five or six drops in water and drink it. And that provides relief. There's topical. So if someone has pain in their knees or their neck, migraines, TMJ, hives, eczema, psoriasis, you can, you can apply it topical. Uh, so there are all sorts of. I, I told you about the, uh, the 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 dog chews, the pet chews that <laughs> I gave to my dog before before this interview, so that she would be nice and chill uh, <laughs> and not not make any noise. So all sorts <laughs> of options.
1: <laughs> so they had told him. His doctor told him that he couldn't take it with. Is there are there like um, I forget what you call it. With, you know, counter contraindications if you take mm-hmm. it with certain other drugs. Is that
0: There are. Yes. I always look at what people are taking first, because if you ingest CBD, either in an edible or a soft gel, it goes through your, through your, uh, goes to your stomach. It's absorbed and it's metabolized by the liver. So if you take, let's say that you take Coumadin at the exact same time as your CBD, you, you swallow them both. They both get to the liver at the exact same time. There's a potential there's it's called the CYP450 enzyme system. There's a possibility that your level of Coumadin might go up or down because they're both there together. So if I my clients that take Coumadin, Warfarin, I say, you know what, separate them by at least three hours Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or take a tincture under your tongue because that's absorbed directly into the blood and it avoids that. What's called the first pass metabolism. So there are ways around it with almost any medication. Mm-hmm. That's true with um, some chemo medication too. That you don't want to be having the the uh, oral CBD at the same time. So that's what I that's what I work with, with my clients to make sure that there wouldn't be any uh, drug interactions. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: I love that. So tell us some more uh, things that you know myths that we can debunk about CBD. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I guess people feel like, oh, well, it's not going to work is one. Well, I tried tried it before and it didn't work, but I can tell you that the FDA did a study and they found that 70% of the products on the market were mislabeled. And let me tell you, Chris, some had zero CBD. Oh my God. Because... To, to grow a plant, especially organically, my products are all organically grown. So to grow a plant and then harvest it and then dry it and then cure it and then extract the oil and make a product is expensive. Yeah. So That's why these products, the good quality ones are, you know, you're gonna pay 75, you're gonna pay hundred dollars, whatever. So what some people said was, hey, look at this. I can put oil in a bottle right? And write CBD on it. And I can get hundred dollars for it. And that's what they did. Wow. So when people say, ah, oh, didn't work, I say, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that is not high quality. So yeah. try, try this. Now, if, if my clients use my product and they don't get the results for whatever reason, then we either change the dose, we change the administration method. And I know it's not because it's not a good quality product.
1: Right. Right. So that, that brings up a question as far as like your role in this. So you're, when you're saying you're like, you're consulting directly with the client mm-hmm. and you're helping them to make, to uh, figure out when to take it and, you know, the whole. Yes. So more like a practitioner type of a role as opposed mm-hmm.
0: to. Yes. Yes. I mean, I have people, people who their friend uses my CBD. So they'll go on my website and just order some. Cause they say, yeah, I know I want a tincture and they do, and they don't. They don't need my advice because I have a lot of FAQs on my website. But if anyone reaches out with questions, I always I always email back or talk to them and you know say, hey, let's get on a call for 10 minutes and just discuss this and see what would be best for you. Yeah. And that's something that you don't get with the companies that put olive oil in a bottle and sell it as CBD. <laughs> There's nobody to talk to. <laughs>
1: No, I would not think that would be the same thing. Now how does you know, for example, taking a tincture, how does that differ from smoking it?
0: Well, smoking it actually is that's the fastest administration method. So if someone has really severe pain and it's episodic, so it, it comes really on quickly, then smoking either a little bit of cannabis or hemp is a good option. And people say, oh, it's you know bad for your lungs. People who use cannabis, have no increased risk of lung cancer. All the studies have shown there is no increase. So it doesn't mean that it might be irritating to your lungs, but the the antioxidants and the the health promoting things in the plant really sort of counteract the potential uh, irritants or carcinogens that they might that they might uh, inhale. So it's it's pretty fascinating that. Another study showed that people who cannabis users have a much lower incidence of diabetes. Hmm. This was a study. They weren't looking for that. They were looking for heart disease. And one of the researchers said to me, we we have no idea why this is. Well, there's been subsequent research that shows that some of the compounds in cannabis help with insulin resistance. Hmm. So we're, we're learning more and more about um, all the health benefits. And another myth about cannabis in particular is that it's a gateway drug. That is not true and it is not addictive. It's not physically addictive. A certain percentage of people, it's under 10% do become dependent on it. So you say, well, let's see, if this is helping me with my pain and anxiety, so I keep using it, am I dependent? Is that a bad (laughs) thing, right? So, there are some people who are on opioids and want to decrease their dose because we know there's a huge issue. We, we lose a hundred people per day in this country from opioid overdose. Wow. There has never been an overdose of cannabis ever because there are no receptors in your respiratory system and in the area of your heart that controls your heartbeat. So there are some people who take too much cannabis and they might think that they're going to die (laughs) (laughs) because it can be very, very uncomfortable, especially if people try an edible, right? They haven't done it before. Someone says, here, try this edible. And the, the dispensary says 10 milligrams is a good dose. That's not a good dose for someone who's never done it before. That could really make you paranoid, anxious, rapid heart rate, uh, very, very dry mouth. So you really have to be careful if you're going to try to use cannabis as medicine. Cannabis in particular, CBD, you need a little guidance but you're not going to take so much that you'll be terribly uncomfortable. You might just be wasting your money. (laughs) <laughs> so I was trying to get people to start at the very, very lowest dose Yeah. because I have clients who use four drops of my water-soluble tincture and that's all they need. And then I have others that need 20 drops because they have severe pain. Yeah. So I, I like to help people find that minimum dose to get relief.
1: So Janice, educate me uh, and anyone else who isn't like up on all of this. What are the difference between cannabis and hemp and CBD? They're not all the same. I thought they were all the same, but it sounds like that's not true.
0: No. So you have cannabis plant. It's called cannabis sativa L. That's the plant. The hemp plant is, it's a cannabis plant with very, very little THC, less than 0.3%. So THC is that cannabinoid that will make you high or stoned if you take it in excess. But it's, I liken it to wine. So you might have a glass of wine with dinner tonight you know, you'll feel good. If you drink two bottles of wine at dinner, (laughs) you will likely be impaired, right? It's the same thing with cannabis. If you have a little bit of cannabis, you will likely feel good. You'll have a reduction in your pain and anxiety. It will help you sleep. Perhaps it might help with neuropathy and your irritable bowel. If you smoke you know, a big, huge joint, (laughs) or I guess a blunt is what they call it, (laughs) then you're probably going to be a little uncomfortable. So it's all about moderation and using the minimum effective dose to get relief. Now, do both plants have CBD? Because CBD is what, an extract from those plants? CBD is one of the cannabinoids. So there's CBD, potent anti-inflammatory. That's one of the reasons it can promote such such a variety of good health benefits. THC is another one, CBG, CBN, THCA, that's the raw form of THC that's in the plant, CBDA. There are all sorts of cannabinoids and CBD is just one of them. And people like it because it's non-intoxicating, whereas THC can be at higher doses. So, and CBD has a lot of other really good benefits besides the anti-inflammatory. It's, it's better at decreasing anxiety than THC is for example. Okay. So that's why, but again, it's that mixture of different cannabinoids and terpenes that really provides the best effect. Interesting.
1: So now I have to ask because uh, of your history, do you do any cooking? Do you like introduce any any of these into, into your cookbooks?
0: <laughs> I do. I did a live I, I did a live cooking demo on Wednesday actually with a, a dietitian colleague. He has a uh, he has a, a cooking show, Caliente Kitchen, and so I was his guest and we cooked. We actually cooked out of out of my book. I have I wrote a book called Simple Guide to CBD, and I have some recipes in here that are easy for people to add CBD to recipes. He made my black bean brownies, which are amazing, minty black bean brownies. And I did the pain busting mango smoothie. So some people like to add their CBD. And if people grow their own plants, I grew a CBD uh, variety of, of cannabis last year. And Again, it's, it's kind of a lot of work. You have to dry it, you have to cure it, you have to extract it, you have to decarboxylate it first and then you have to extract it. It's fairly complicated, but you can make your own oil if you do that. And then you can use that oil in cooking as well. Interesting.
1: So there's not, it's not like a, well, and actually you just gave me a little flashback to my uh, teen years, but now hash, what's hash? I know what I'm talking about. Hash. But I'm thinking about that's what we used to put in brownies. <laughs> Right. Was that a? Um, it's like a brown, was, you know, like a almost right. like a sticky kind of thing. Yes,
0: it's. I think now they might call it resin, but yeah, yeah that's very concentrated. You have careful with that stuff. And honestly, when people have a really bad experience with cannabis, it can turn them off for for life. And it's typically from taking an edible because it's very. It, everyone is different. And some people, and of course they they take a bite of the cookie and they wait a half hour and they say, well, that wasn't that, that wasn't very strong. So then they take another bite and another bite. Well, it can take two hours to see the effect when you take an edible. So after two hours, these people, and a dozen cookies, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and then it's just Oh, very, And if anyone ever gets to that stage by eating an edible, what happens is the, it's called Delta nine THC in the liver. It's, it's switched over to what's called 11 hydroxy THC, which is way more potent. And that's what you get from the edibles. But if that ever happens, you can chew on a peppercorn that helps bring the high down, drink lots of water, Don't eat anything with fat in it because that will prolong the effect (laughs) and just sit on a couch, put on a movie that you've seen before and just sit there and wait a couple of hours and it will pass. (laughs) But it can be frightening for people. And the other thing that's interesting is the first time you eat an edible, you might not have a reaction if it's your first time using cannabis. So then the next time after you've eaten that small cookie, the next time you say, well, then I'm going to eat two cookies this time. No. (laughs) First two times small doses, and then you can increase from there.
1: (laughs) Interesting. So does, does it have any nutritional value? I mean, it is a, can you, I mean, can you like take the the leaves and toss it in a salad? I mean, do you ever eat it as before without it being dried and,
0: Yes. Yes. I've done that. I've juiced it actually juiced the leaves. And it's, they, it's particularly good for autoimmune disorders to juice the raw leaves and just put a little bit in a smoothie. I've added it to some coconut milk and just made a little, and I put it in an ice cube tray so I can add just a cube into my, into my smoothies. So yes, you can do that. And, you know, we, I'm a dietitian. I talk about eating more fruits and vegetables, right? Well, the leaves are good and there are, there are flavonoids. We talk about this with fruits and vegetables. There's something called quercetin and, you know, red wine has these flavonoids that are good for heart health. Well, guess what? Quercetin is one of them and it's in red wine and it's in cannabis and hemp. So yeah, it's nutritionally, it's, it's a powerhouse. (laughs)
1: so interesting Now hemp we use for rope right I mean hemp you can also
0: industrial hemp yes yeah. is, is used for building materials it's very sustainable it's a it's a, re, a bio remediator plant so remember Chernobyl the the nuclear accident over in Russia they planted acres and acres of hemp to clean the soil huh. So there are different varieties of hemp so industrial hemp, won't have as many cannabinoids, these healthy cannabinoids, but there are different uh, types of hemp that are grown specifically to be medicinal hemp, hemp. And that's what you want to have your products made from. Wow.
1: So interesting. I really feel like we've you know touched on a whole different type of, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I, I thought like a lot of people that this is just like, This is part of the dumbing down of America. You know, let's just keep America stoned, you know? Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I was there five years ago. I've thought the same thing. Absolutely. And do you know what the the largest increase in cannabis use in this country? It's not the teenagers, 65 and over. There's been a 10-fold increase in the last decade of seniors using cannabis. Wow. Over 65, 50% experienced pain in the last month. Wow. And they're sick of they're sick of the opioids that make them all groggy. Damn. So they're finding out that they can use a small amount of cannabis or CBD and find relief. So yeah, they're the fast they're my favorite, my favorite population. <laughs> <laughs> love working with them.
1: You're gonna love my dad.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh,
1: so Oh, shoot. My, th- my question just went flying out my, out my ears. Um. I was going to circle back with, uh, I was thinking before we were, when we were talking about that, I was thinking about your dad and how now has he, is he still using? Cause you said he had like a, like a um, metabolite. No, no, he died actually.
0: Oh, uh, he did. Uh, and, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. A yeah. few months after we found, You know, but it helped him with pain for the last. And this is what a lot of people are finding that it can, at the end of life, these, you know, where the people are in hospice, it's typical morphine, morphine. And it just, it drugs people out. It helps with the pain, but then they're not really there. Right. So if you can get this relief and have someone still be with you and sort of ease that transition, I think I have really I'm passionate about that. You know, the, the end of life um, situation in this country that is typically not, not really very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Gosh. I don't know. Uh, all right. I have to think for a second now because I, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot. (laughs) There is a lot. Now it's interesting. You didn't just say, okay, I'm going to Um, Well, I mean, the doctor didn't suggest it for your dad at
0: first, though, but when you asked him about it. Exactly. That's a really good point, because there are very, very, very few doctors that will recommend it. Um, Really, almost none. But when you mention it, many still still some of them won't because they haven't been educated. It's not their fault. Although at this point, seriously, maybe get on board get on board, do a little (laughs) bit of research about the medical benefit here. And don't listen to the naysayers who say, oh, it's going to cause addiction and use disorders and this and that. Honestly, you're dealing with a 75 or 80 year old patient and you're worried about them like becoming addicted to cannabis. (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) That's ridiculous. So hospice workers were actually surveyed and 90% said, they believe that it will be helpful at the end of life. And yet they only mentioned it if they were asked by the family or the patient. Wow. Yeah.
1: Do you think that's because it's
0: federally illegal? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, just a little minor problem there. Yes. But but if you're in a state where it's legal, yeah. why what's the barrier here? There's still a lot of stigma. Yeah. There's so much stigma around the use of, of cannabis, not as much CBD, because again, that's non-intoxicating. So, but with cannabis in particular, it's yeah a lot of, a lot of stigma still. So that's part of why I like doing what I'm doing, because I've been in the nutrition field for a long time. You know, I, I have a reputation. I, you know, I, so people at least take what I say And they say, wow, you know, she's done a lot of things and she's finding and getting educated. I'm also teaching, I'm teaching cannabis therapy at John Patrick University, which is a very progressive university. They have a master's in integrative and functional medicine. And we just got approval for a concentration in cannabinoid medical sciences. Wow, First in the country. (laughs) You're so on the cutting edge, Janice. I'm very impressed (laughs) with you. You're like leading,
1: leading the pack here. (laughs) It's fun. So Janice, when somebody comes to you and says, you know, I think I need your help. How Mm -hmm. does that work? What, what is the sort of procedure?
0: Yeah. Usually I I send them a client intake form and I ask them about their medical history, what medications they're taking, their concerns. Do they have any pain, anxiety, GI issues? Um, Have they ever used cannabis before? um, it just a variety of questions and then they fill it up, they send it back to me. And then we set up a consult and we go through all the things. And then I make a recommendation based on what, what they're interested in. And typically they start with these broad spectrum CBD products that, that I never wanted to, to sort of sell products. That was never, but when I was doing this and found out that the FDA, you know, that there was so much junk out there, I was, I was only looking for a product that I could recommend. And I found one organically grown in Colorado. They've been doing it. It's great. So I said, all right, how do I, how do my patients buy your product? And they said, Yeah, no, we don't sell retail, we only do wholesale. <laughs> I was like, oh, no way. And I I was, I wasn't going to. And then I thought, well, it's the only way I can. I can make sure that it's high quality. So, so that's what I do. So now I have my Janavis Wellness CBD products. People try it. Every once in a while, someone won't get the amount of pain relief that they need. So we add a little bit of THC. And you can microdose that they have now, which is great. Um, I've, I've bought before mints, little, little mints that just have one or two milligrams of THC. So not enough to impair you, but just enough to sort of kick up the pain relief that the CBD is providing just to the next level.
1: Hmm. Wow. I can see what a huge advantage it would be to talk to you as compared to just walking into one of these, what do they call them?
0: A dispensary dispensary. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And just the, walking the, into the, a dispensary the quote, and saying, you know, whatever, you know, what do I need? Right. Right. The bud tenders, <laughs> some of them have some, you know, education and knowledge and some really don't. Uh, when my dad went, I, they didn't allow me to go in, which I didn't know that was a thing. So I had to send him in. He's 84 with a cane. And I say, okay, good luck, dad. <laughs> so he went in there and, and they gave him a vape pen. But it, when you read it, it said it was an appetite suppressant. Well, this guy had just lost 30 pounds. He was a little frail old man. And I thought, no, no, this is the wrong choice. So then I did more research and I was able to steer him a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah. Oh gosh.
1: Yeah. I'm excited about the thoughts of this for my dad, because like, he has a lot of the things that you're, and actually my mom has uh, IBS and she's got, you know, um, fibromyalgia. So I'm like, oh. get, get the whole family
0: on board here. <laughs> you, you would not believe how many families, how many, like three generation families that I have Honestly, the first one was right at the beginning, I worked with a 95 year old man and they saw such great results that his grandson who suffered from IBS and anxiety, he got on board, and then his parents got on board too so <laughs> there I have several, several multi generational families who I'll take it and you know what I'm having a, um, a, a promo. <laughs> A year ago in March, if you recall, I don't know, March 2020, something going on. Something. Yeah, I can't remember what that was. So we were all sort of a little unraveled. So I put a a promotion out there, uh, a promo code CALM, C A L M. And I had it run through Mother's Day because I thought, okay, we'll be all over by then, then, right?
1: So then I extended
0: it to September and then I extended it to December. (laughs) And now I've extended it to July. So 15% off if you use the code calm. (laughs) And I don't know, it might just go till the end of this year because I don't know when we're going to get back to uh, some semblance of
1: (sighs) calm. I just want to get back to the theater. I'm too calm. I'm like bored out of my skull here. Yeah, yeah. running out of home improvement projects.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want to see live music. Yes. I actually saw a concert on March 15th in palm desert california pink martini my favorite band and you could tell things were things were going down i was out there with my mom and my siblings and we're like okay we're flying home on the 16th please and we had tickets and they still had the show that was their last the last show wow i've actually seen
1: some live music because there's a place in maine the stone mountain arts center that was open. It's open for limited seating and it's it's a fantastic venue anyway. And I've seen right. two shows there during the pandemic. It's just so oh. nice to be like out with yes. like performances and stuff. But you know, in the summer, I love all the outdoor movies and outdoors. I mean, and I have been going to the drive-in a lot too, but mm-hmm. I just, uh, I love the arts. I'm constantly, you know, at the theater and, you know, going to yes. like the, the, there's a, first Friday concert series in, in um, Conway, New Hampshire that I miss desperately. And you know, all this kind of stuff that yeah. I would just go up there every Friday, every first Friday to go to the concert.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so I'm very anxious to regain <sighs> that part of my life.
0: <laughs> I know, I know we all are. Let's keep our fingers crossed that this light at the end of the tunnel is not a, a train. coming. <Right>? Oh gosh.
1: So Janice, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you anything that that it occurred to you that you just, uh, that I didn't touch
0: upon? I think we really, I think we talked about just about everything. I mean, I could, I could talk for another five hours, but I don't want to bore (laughs) people, but I think, yeah, I think, I think we're
1: excellent. I I said it all. I am so enlightened and I really thank you for being here. This is talk about the long life portion of the show. I mean, you really added a nice big chunk of knowledge to that. And I'm very, very grateful.
0: It's my pleasure.
1: (laughs) And thank you listener for listening. I know that there's somebody who, you know, who can definitely benefit from this information that Janice has shared with us. So please share this episode with them and enlighten them to the realities of the possibilities of a pain-free life or at least from an eight to a four which is a huge huge deal and please remember that we are shooting for being in 50 countries by the end of the year so that's it's on you to share this episode with somebody who you know who's not in the United States and um, who's in a country that not too many people have heard of or something you know like. <laughs> get us out there because we're only in the twenties and we need to be 50 and we need your help for that. So thanks very much. And be here next week for some fun, interesting, who knows what kind of knowledge we're going to be sharing with you next week, but you know, it's going to be great. Thanks. And have a great week.